Some of you may know, earlier this week, a very difficult, troubling, and painful report was released by the Catholic Church. It was the result of a long investigation into the now former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, who last served in Washington, D.C., and it detailed just a horrible lifetime of crimes and abuses that he visited, in this case, not on minors, but on seminarians in the church. And so all of that has been investigated, and finally a massive report came out. I and a number of other seminary rectors over the years have worked on trying to come up with guidelines to ensure as best as possible that something like that would never happen again. And so we released a little statement this week in the wake of that report, and I just wrote a little commentary message to go along with it. And the day after it was put out in social media, I received a rather powerful reply. It was respectful, but it was powerful. Because in my message, I had used, not giving it a whole lot of thought, the words harassment, that we had taken some measures to try as best as we could to make sure harassment would not happen again. And this person wrote to me, with a lot of pain in her heart and simply wanted me to realize that what I was talking about, what that report was talking about, what seemingly our efforts were talking about was not harassment, it was abuse. It was the violent, physical abuse of another. And you might say, well, one word, another word, it's talking about sort of the same thing. But she said, words matter. Now, that's not the main point of my message. That's an important one. The point I want to raise is that I knew that. I knew the difference between the words. I've lived with great pain. I was ordained in 2002 when a lot of this stuff, at least in the United States, first began coming to light. And I knew people who'd suffered, and I'd listened to them, and I'd listened to other people talking to them in public reports and things that were written. I knew all of that. But by the grace of God, I'd never experienced it myself. And I can't say that anyone in my family had, at least who had talked about it. And so what happened? What happened in this one encounter is that suddenly all that sort of surface awareness, and I'd like to think it was sincere, I wasn't just paying lip service to it, but still it was a surface awareness and suddenly everything was penetrated and there I was because somebody cared enough to write to me anonymously. Suddenly everything opened up and what was a relatively small window on my heart was suddenly open to what was a yawning chasm in another's heart. And just by having that one little exchange, I'd like to think that my little window got a little bit wider, and I hope that that other's chasm was just a little bit filled in because there was suddenly a human connection, a penetrating below the surface. If you went out to Lake Michigan today, and I wouldn't advise it, you'd see a crazy sea, right? You'd see waves and foam. And if somebody were to ask you, where's the energy here? Where's the energy in this boiling body of water? If you were like me, you'd say, well, there it is on the surface. Look at these waves. Look at how crazy it all is. But that's not really where the energy is. The energy in a massive body of water is deep, deep down. 
It's in those steady currents that move along. The waves go back and forth, they're up, they're down. Some days are calm, some days are crazy. But the energy of that deep current is inexorable, and it's so much greater. In their own way, our readings today are saying, penetrate below the surface. Because I think if there's one trap we fall into in the Christian spiritual life, at least I know I do, it's that almost refusal to go below the surface. And we notice the surface. That's where our culture is. A lot of times that's where our humanity is. Charm is deceptive and beauty fleeting. Having neither, I always liked that scripture passage. But what is it really saying? What it's saying is it's so easy to be tricked. It's so easy to say this is what's beautiful and this is what isn't. Oh, I've swept off my feet by your charm. And sometimes underneath those qualities are true, authentic love. But let's be honest, our whole society sometimes operates on deception. And so if there really is true Christian wisdom, which is why we're given that reading, I love the fact that the author of the book of Proverbs, and if you've never sat down with Proverbs, do it sometime. Little gems peppering the whole book, but saying, you know, that beauty that draws you in, that got your attention, that led you to spend your money, that ate up so many hours of your week, it's fleeting. What's the beauty that's going to last? And we can all sort of nod our heads and, oh yeah, that's right, I, I shouldn't be shallow. But what will actually penetrate through the harmful surface layer when it is harmful? What will penetrate through is when we've been betrayed, when we've been seduced by a shallow beauty and all of a sudden seemingly our world has fallen apart. The first time you had your heart broken in eighth grade, you began to realize that. And what penetrates through the surface is when mature love suddenly rises, oftentimes where we least expected to see it. Hey, wait a minute, that's not the kind of person I expected to be beautiful. That's not the sort of situation that I really expected to capture my heart the way it has. And once that happens, you can't deny. And all that I'm saying is in the Christian spiritual life, look there. It might just seem like a powerful human interaction, but God is found in those moments. And after, and I'll admit, I felt a little defensive when I got that email initially, and I kind of went through my priestly credentials about, well, what did I really mean? I, I knew. And then by the grace of God, I could just let some of that stuff go as I read and reread the email and the deceptive charm and fleeting beauty was exposed as deceptive and did indeed flee away. And in the parable, you have one owner. You have different servants, but one owner. And what's this owner's M.O.? Well, he's kind of angry, right? He's a hard task driver. He has expectations of his servants. Well, all the servants know that. The guy who hides his talent in the ground knows it as well as the guy who invests the five. So it's not only beauty that is fleeting. Anger and fear is often fleeting. Those things that drive us out of a kind of cowardice or self-serving quality. That too is not where authentic Christian love is to be found. So the one guy who hides it, he never gets below the surface. He's afraid, he's terrified. 
Well, the guy who got the five, he didn't just invest it in the bank for some interest, right? Not a simple CD, he goes and he trades on it. There's a risk there. And yet it's the same fearsome, angry owner. He knew what he was risking, but he could penetrate beneath that surface and rest in something deeper. Okay, that's Bible language, but that looks like something for us. And maybe just as a little spiritual exercise as we come now to the end of this church liturgical year, it's just ask yourself, because it's so easy. uh, How many times have we heard, oh, 2020, I can't wait till you're over. What a horrible year it's been. But that's 365 days of real human life. We shouldn't just sweep it under the rug. There's been joy, there's been pain, there's been deceptive beauty that we've let ourselves get sucked into. There's been fear and worry, sometimes grounded in the latest news reports, but if we really look beneath the surface, we have something more peaceful we can ground ourselves on. And so now maybe is just an opportunity to reflect on that. Folks going through the RCIA process are reminding all of us that there's something beneath this surface world we notice every day, something worth giving up your time and effort for. And can the rest of us be inspired by that commitment? What have been the deceptive beauties for you recently? What have been the craven fears that maybe are not worth absolutely defining our lives? And when you find those moments, then savor them, hold on to them, invest them, share them with another person, give them away. And I promise you, then we begin to see that all the nice language we use in the Catholic Church, in the Christian spiritual life, really looks like something. And when the 2020s roll around, we're not caught off guard simply saying, oh my God, yet another time, yet another place. Where are you, God? If only you could show yourself. He's always there, but oftentimes below the surface.